it's probably been as low key of a name change of a racial slur that you can possibly imagine in terms of, you know, there really hasn't been much dialogue from the team in any significant way. Maybe they're saving it for when they have an actual name and can roll out, you know, a name, a logo, et cetera. But to have a press release and not even, even acknowledge why the team name is being retired, just that it's being retired and then the preferred name is in a trademark situation seems uh, a little lackluster to me. That's Neil Greenberg, sports reporter for the Washington Post. This week, the Washington football team announced it has retired the Redskins' nickname. The team's name has been a cause of controversy for many years, protests going way back to the 60s. However, many of those voices who protested went unheard. And it took until sponsors threatened to pull out millions of dollars for owner Dan Schneider to finally act. I'm Anthony Walton, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Hi, Neil. How's it going? Yeah, good, man. Hey, for 60 years, people have been protesting against the Redskins' name and logo. Dan Snyder once said he'd never change the name, and he told people to put that in capitals. But now things have ultimately changed, and he changed his tune. It certainly shows that money does talk. Yeah, he was um, facing a revolt from uh, both within his organization um, and also outside um, the... FedEx, the sponsor, who has a, uh, a multi-decade deal to sponsor the field, um, had asked them to change the name. There were online retail sites that were pulling merchandise. Um, like you said, I mean, there was just too much lost revenue. Um, so that uh, turned a never into pretty much uh, a very quickly, we're going to change the name. Yeah, very quick indeed. I've heard many talking heads saying it would probably take around two years normally for a completely new name and obviously a whole marketing that goes behind it and everything else. But this is a week after they announced that they would look into it. They've announced, well, they're the Redskins no more. We still get to hear what the nickname is going to be, the new name for the Washington football team. But things moved very, very fast over the last seven to ten days. Yeah, um, like you said, I mean, it was a, it was a very quick turnaround from the time that he was pressured by outside forces to uh to make the the to announce the the retirement of the name and like you said now we wait to see what the new name is going to be they did mention in their press release that there were some trademark issues with their preferred name uh that has some speculating that perhaps that could be the warriors or the red tails um daniel snyder the owner of the, of, uh, the washington football team had actually filed a trademark for the Warriors back when he was uh, looking to get involved in the Arena Football League, um, but then left that to expire. Someone else picked it up. Um, So it remains to be seen if he could uh, find a non-legal, peaceful, quick resolution to that or uh, if there'll be a lengthy battle. But um, right now, the team team name that's getting a lot of of, um, people giving their thumbs up is the Red Wolves. It seems that um, a lot of people are are, are um, clamoring for the team to be called the Red Wolves. Um, it also sounds like the team will keep the uh, Burgundy gold color scheme. Mm. But um, like you said, that's just really speculation at this point. Any reason why for the Red Wolves? Um, no, I think it was just floated out there and and, and then the, um, the fans latched onto it. Um, it's become very popular among some of the the players on the team as well 
Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be the Warriors personally. I think that it's, uh, generic enough that you could do a lot of different things with it. It allows you to keep the burgundy and gold, um, much easier than a red wolf. But, uh, I, um, you know, that's just my own personal thought. Yeah. And I guess the Warriors as well, it, it does give a, a nod to the, uh, Native Americans there as well. So I guess it, it's kind of in keeping with uh, with the traditions there, but obviously recognizing, you know, the uh, the, the racial recognition, I guess, behind it. Uh, with the red tails, you mean? Uh, sorry, with uh, with warriors, you know, with uh, oh, you with know, the warriors, it, it yeah. gives a nod yeah, to the Native uh, Americans as well. I mean, I guess it can. It's also pretty generic. Um, they were talking about how they wanted to uh, they wanted to um, honor the the Native Americans and also uh, the military. Um, I guess Warriors does both if you want to, um, but uh, again, I mean, we're just gonna have to wait and see what the what the how the the legal phase of this all turns out. Yeah, it's a really nice story behind the Red Tails, isn't it? Which would be a, a very apt name nickname for the team to have. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting name. Um, it's uh, it was it's the um, the type of plane that was used by the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, which were a group of African-American and Caribbean-born military pilots who fought in World War II. Um, a couple of the, the members, uh, a couple of those pilots are from the D.C. area, so there's, I guess, a national a natural tie-in. Um, but again, I, I, I have a feeling that the, that the team is going to want to keep the burgundy and gold um, and not go to a more traditional red color scheme. Um, so I think that that almost uh, eliminates the Red Tails from contention. Also, the Red Tails is another team that is the trademark is owned by somebody else. Um, so my guess is that it would be um, a little, it would be probably expensive for for Daniel Snyder to acquire um, any of the the, the, the trademarked uh, team names that are right now. Um, I just think that. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be expensive enough to change the the stadium, all the logos, all the the places that the the team name and logo were before. Um, keeping the color scheme obviously reduces that cost, yeah. also reduces the time. Um, I just to go with like a red tails or even a red wolf and not have it be a true red uh, just seems a little bit weird to me. Yeah, sure, I get you with that. Yeah, is is there been a mixture of emotions over there? Because I guess on one hand, it's good that. Uh, the owner Dan Snyder has acted but on the other hand it's clearly been about money and I guess feels a little bit insincere um yeah I mean it's uh you know he fought it for so long until he couldn't fight it much any longer because like you said the financial aspect of it um he didn't even give a statement in or a quote in his press release in the press release that announced that they were retiring the name um there hasn't been a press conference there there hasn't really been much of anything. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just been very, it's probably been as low key of a name change of a racial slur that you can possibly imagine in terms of, um, you know, there really hasn't been much um, dialogue from, from the team in, in any significant way. Um, you know, maybe they're saving it for when they have an actual name and can roll out, you know, a name, a logo, et cetera. But um you know, just to to have a press release and not even not even acknowledge why the team name is being retired, just that it's being retired and the and then the preferred name is in a trademark 
trademark situation seems uh, a little lackluster to me. Yeah, I mean, so is there now major sales of Redskins merch across the states over there? You know, get them before they're gone? Well, a lot of the stores pulled them, so it's going to be it may be tough to uh to find and um i'm sure there's going to be many people that scramble to uh to try to get some to try to get some merchandise with the old logo um but i also think people are really excited for the new logo and the new you know the new name and you know there have been people that have expressed that they would never buy um apparel for the football team um with the old name and now this actually gives them a chance to to buy merchandise for the first time under the new under the new name. So, um, well, you know, we'll be interesting to see how much of a boost they get. Do you think this will have ramifications elsewhere? I'm thinking Cleveland Indians, Atlanta Braves, and their famous shop, the Chiefs. Well, it already it already have. Um, you know, the the Cleveland Indians has said that they were going to go uh, put their name under review as well. Um, so, yeah, I certainly think that this will have uh, ripple effects, and um, you know, we've already seen. Uh, NASCAR removed the Confederate flag um, from from their events. Uh, so yeah, I think anytime you have big um, big changes like this, big significant changes, that um, you know it just makes it that much easier to point to other instances and you know and say it's got to change. Yeah, and I guess what July twenty eighth is the date that's marked for the start of training camp, isn't it, for NFL teams? So we'll have a Washington football team. I'm guessing will we have a Washington football team with a new nickname by the time they report to training camp? Will we have training camp? Is there going to be a 2020 season? Oh, these are all good questions. I don't know. I mean, there's um, there's new cases of coronavirus spiking every day. Um, I'm I'm really skeptical that we're going to see any of these pro sports leagues uh, finish their season. Um, I uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not optimistic that we'll see much real pro sports um, over the course of the next couple of months, um, unless we start to see some significant changes in terms of the uh, the amount of outbreaks that are happening. But, um, you know, baseball starts in 10 days, so we'll start there and see how that goes. Yeah, well, and you had DC United, their game against Toronto postponed because of a player testing positive for coronavirus, and that's down right. in Orlando. And what's going to happen later in the month in Orlando? You've got the NBA, you've got all the teams gathering together down there. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's going to be very dicey. Um, Florida has the is having the biggest spikes of any other state in the union. Um, so it's going to be, uh, yeah, you've got to wait and see. Um, it's gonna, yeah, I think it's very tentative. And like I said, I'm not optimistic. I may be in the minority there, but, um, it just seems like there's too many health risks and the, the fact that you have to quarantine players, maybe even have to quarantine an entire team at one point, um, just seems like a very risky situation. Yeah, when you think about it, you've got all these players and you go into training camp and there's 90 team rosters, so uh, some are suggesting they should reduce it down to 80 team, but uh, sorry, 80 players uh, per team in the in the rosters during training camp. But then added on top of that with a collection of young men, you've got all the staff there and some members are getting on in age and would tick the at-risk box, wouldn't it? So it's it's all ifs and buts. There's a whole load. There's loads of risks to it involved. Yeah, there's risks um, from the time that they step onto the court to the time that they go back into the locker room. 
uh, players, any support members, coaches, um, anyone that comes in any contact with the team in any capacity. That's uh, uh, totally new for Washington football this year with Ron Rivera calling the shots. Is there much optimism amongst fans heading into 2020 if we do get a season after all? I think there's always optimism. Um, they only had three wins last year, so it's it can't get much worse. Sure. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the new, um, the new coach, the drafting of Chase Young, um, I think all that's going to point to some optimism, at least at the start of the season. Yeah, you said there, they drafted Chase Young, who is arguably the talent of the draft this year. Unfortunately, he's not had OTAs or minicamps to, uh, to get to know his team. So all he's got is training camp, which is coming up. Do you think that's going to hinder rookies, not just him, but rookies throughout the league? Um, a shortened training camp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not having the, the OTAs or any of the mini training um, camps yeah, to get absolutely. to know the team. Yeah, because they have to learn a whole new a whole new scheme, a whole new playbook, and they don't get to run the reps and they're not, uh, you know, physically with the players. Um, absolutely. I think any sort of, any sort of uh, positional battles uh, that are going into training camp probably have to lean towards a veteran that has been either with the team or has some experience with the coach or the coaching staff in some way before. Um, you know, obviously not to say that rookies can't do it, but, um, you know, there is certainly going to be a steeper learning curve this year than there has been in years past. And then you look at the teams who have managed to keep hold of most of their players from their rosters last year, and the two that spring to mind are the Chiefs and the 49ers. Therefore, if we do get a regular season, they've got most of their houses in order, though Raheem Mostert has requested a trade at the 49ers. And, you know, you look ahead to Super Bowl 55, if we do get one in Tampa Bay, and it's hard to look past those two, isn't it? Well, they're certainly the they're probably going to be the favorites, but um, again, you know, you have to wait and see um, in terms of who um, you know who gets injured. Where is it? Um, you know, how do they? How are they? How's the depth on the roster in case a player is taken out of the um, you know of the equation because of coronavirus? Um, there are just so many, um, so many different, uh, variables. Um, it's really hard to say because if you, um, you know, it, it all depends on who the injury is, when it happens. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Obviously the chiefs and the 49ers are the, the favorites only cause they've, they've been there and they're one of the top teams in the league. Um, but I think uh, I think we'll see some uh, we may see we'll see some surprises I'm sure. Yeah, it's a long old season, isn't it? I was just uh, playing around there as well. But uh, look, Neil Greenberg, I suggest people follow you on Twitter because I remember last year you put together quite an in-depth look ahead to fancy football around draft time. So it was mid-August last year. Are you going to be doing the same thing again this year? Because it was must read for fantasy football fans out there. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing a whole fantasy football uh, extravaganza like we do every year. And um, I think that uh, you know we may, we have some other new stuff that's planned. Um, we're going to be changing up some things, but uh, by and large we should have uh, most of the same fantasy football stuff as we did over the past couple of years. It is must read. And listeners, if you make note here, Follow Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post on Twitter. You want to check that out when it comes around. So right now, who's going first overall if you were to draft in fantasy football? Um, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey, and I, I don't see any any surprises there. Um, you'll probably see 
as many as 10 running backs taken in the first round of the draft. Um, I think it'll be a very running back heavy, heavy draft this year. Um, you'll see some some quarterbacks go a little bit higher than normal, but um, I think this is going to be the most heavy running back first round we've seen um, maybe in like five five years or more. Where do you sit on the drafting running back or wide receiver first? Where do you go in your, your first three rounds of a draft, Neil? It really depends on on where you're drafting and and the league rules and how many teams. It's that's a tough question to answer um, generically because there's just so many different uh, so many different variables. Right, and is there a sleeper for you? Just to, you know, we're gonna we're teasing people <laughs> no, here. We're teasing no, ahead. No for... sleepers yet. I, I I I'm not even at that point in terms of analyzing the draft, but uh, <laughs> there will be some, I guess. And where, where do you stand? I know we've got you on to talk about uh, Washington football, but I, I can't promote the work that you do for the fantasy football community out there. And really, in the next few weeks, they need to check it out. So whilst we've got you, it's, it's worth discussing. But where do you stand on people who draft so early? Like, I'm seeing people drafting now. We haven't even had training camps. And, you know, there are always, unfortunately, big key injuries during training camp that happen. And I always think it it always baffles me that people draft so soon. I always try to leave it as late as possible because then you can see who's obviously made rosters, who's about, and you know, fingers crossed, some of the key players, the big names there in the drafts, they come out of training camp unhurt and they're ready for the season. Yeah, I mean, I was just involved in a draft um, a couple days ago. Um, yeah, so I mean, there'll be some that are early. Um, you know, it allows you to get way more values. You have to take some more risks. Um, but um, I think most of the drafts you'll 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 see are done within a couple of days of um, the preseason starting. Yeah, sure. That's if we do get a preseason. Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, look, Neil Greenberg, thank you so much. I told people to check you out on Twitter. How can they find you? Um, I'm at N Greenberg um, on Twitter. All right. Well, thank you very much, Neil Greenberg, Washington Post reporter. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. And there you have it, Neil Greenberg. I cannot encourage you enough to go and check him out on Twitter. Make sure that you follow him because the advice and the tips that he gives ahead of fantasy draft time is up there with some of the best. He really breaks it down and gives you an in-depth guide. And it's going to help you. The more knowledge and advice and tips that you can give yourself ahead of your fantasy draft, the better. And you can't do much better than the work that Neil Greenberg does. Thank you very much for listening to the Transatlantic Sports Show. Thank you for downloading. Hopefully, you are now subscribing. If you haven't, then hit subscribe now. Give us a five-star rating if you can, because we'd love to bring you all the big-name guests that we have and the top contributors like Neil Greenberg there to react on the big stories from across the pond. We'll be back next time. We've got a couple of big names up our sleeve. So check us out on Twitter for news of that. We are at T-A-S-S underscore UK and I am at A R Wooten. That's W O O T T O N. My name is Anthony Wooten. This is the Transatlantic Sports Show. And until next time. Yeah.